You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, kitties, and welcome to my world. I would come over and say hello to you, but it's just as easy for you to come to me. Yes, yes, come in. You've come to the right place. This is where you'll learn everything there is to know about your furry feline friends. I'm talking about cats. Yes, I know. We are positively perfect pets. What do you mean I have attitude? Why, of course I do. I'm a cat. It's called Catitude. As I was saying, this show is all about cats. Cats and... Uh, oh, yes, uh, cats. So let me introduce you to my accomplice, I mean assistant and host of Catitude, Tom Doc. Okay, Tom, tell them how wonderful we cats are. It's okay, you have my permission. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Catitude Channel on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Tom Doc, and we are here today to talk about all things feline. I know you love to talk about your cats and you love to have fun with them, so let's get right to it. Uh, we've got a full show today. We're going to be talking about three or four different breeds of cats today, depending on how you actually classify them. And one thing that you're going to hear me say a lot today is just like Siamese. And there's a reason for that, because all four of these breeds that we're going to be discussing today, and we'll be discussing the Balinese cat, the Javanese cat, Orientals, and color point short hairs. All of these animals are related to the Siamese in some way, and Siamese, of course, were very instrumental in the development of the breed. So if you hear me say just like Siamese a little bit, Bear with me, we'll get through the show. Um, I also want to give a shout out to a couple of people who have sent some emails. I had a very nice international visitor send me an email and she wanted to know about Maine Coon cats. She was looking at some Maine Coons, uh, Maine Coon kittens, and she sent me some pictures, or actually links to pictures, and these were blue Maine Coon cats, and I had never seen that before. Not that I knew it couldn't be possible, but it was so very striking because when you think about the Maine Coon, you normally think about this big, robust tabby-type cat with the kind of the mackerel markings or the tabby markings, but in actuality, they can be self-colored, and there were these solid blue Maine Coon cats, and I was I was taken aback. I really was. They were very striking in their uniqueness. I also want to give a shout out to my friend Nancy. Nancy sent us a nice little note the other day. She said that she's found the podcast to be quite interesting, lots of useful information, but she's got a little bit of um, concern that we're talking just about purebred cats because there are so many homeless, equally beautiful, and equally lovable mixes who are desperately in need of homes. And that is very true, Nancy, and I do want to thank you for bringing that up. Part of what we wanted to do here at Pet Life Radio was definitely to talk about cats and to bring to the forefront and into the spotlight all the wonderful things about cats. And as I was designing the show, one of the things I thought about was, what am I going to talk about each and every time that I get on to do a show? And so we set up kind of a little format about, we talk a little bit about certain breeds of cats, and then we would talk about potential health concerns of cats, especially with our friends from the Veterinary News Network, and of course bring out any news that was cat-related. And while I certainly apologize that we haven't really talked about the mixed breed kitties or domestic kitties, we call them domestic short hairs, domestic long hairs, we will definitely get to those, but Nancy, your point is very well taken. 
please don't think that we are promoting purebred cats over domestic cats. It's just a part of the show. So, um, and thanks for the pictures too, Nancy. She sent a picture of Twinkle, her gray cat, and Yo-Yo Meow, who is a black and white domestic cat. So thanks a lot, Nancy. We greatly appreciate the information that you are sending us. And of course, if you want to join us here at Pet Life Radio on the Catitude channel, certainly send me an email at tom at petliferadio.com. Again, that's tom at petliferadio.com. And then finally, we had one other listener send me some information today. This was from Susan in Arkansas. Susan has a seven-week-old kitten that she adopted from the animal shelter. And what was interesting was the two females in the litter only had tails about an inch long, while the three males appeared to have regular tails. And she adopted this female. It looks like a little Berman with chocolate point, the white paws, and the white laces. Very playful cat, she says. But she asked... Do Burmans have no tails sometimes? And of course, uh, Susan, and I sent this email to you already, so you have this. But for all the other listeners out there, yes, this is certainly possible that a cat that has Burman markings could have no tail. If you remember back when we talked about the Manx breed of cats and the Japanese bobtails, Manx cats are a dominant gene. You cannot have a Manx cat that has two copies of the dominant gene because that is lethal. It actually kills the kittens most of the time in the uterus or they are born stillborn. However, there is a wide variety of tail lengths that you can get within Manx cats when they have a single copy of that dominant gene. You can get uh, rumpies, stumpies, and uh, rumpy risers, I believe. I haven't looked at all of these yet, but you can get quite a a bit of difference of of tail length. And certainly, if both of these parents of this litter of kittens had the genes for, uh, or even just one of them had the Manx gene, it was certainly possible that she could have a kitten that was born with almost no tail and certainly sounds like that so susan i hope that you're enjoying your new little berman manx at home and again thank you very much for writing in to us so today like i said we're going to talk about the balinese the javanese the orientals and the color point short hairs and i'll give you their history and background but before we go since we're going to be talking a little bit about bali today that of course is an island can you tell me exactly You don't have to give me longitude and latitude or anything, but tell me, whereabouts in the world is Bali located? We're going to take a quick break and come right back after we hear from our sponsors. So don't you go away, and we will be right back with the answer to our trivia question. Ooh, do I hear a can being opened? I believe I smell tuna! Catitude will return after these messages. That should give me enough time to investigate what's going on in the kitchen. Don't have a hissy fit. We'll be right back. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
How dare they open a can of tuna and make a sandwich out of it? I can see why some of my celebrity pals prefer lasagna. Well, anyway, I did manage to grab myself the canary while I was in there. Quiet, bird. We're going to hear the rest of my show, Catitude. If you behave, I may not eat you until later. Hmm. Okay, Tom, you may continue. And we are back on the Catitude Channel at Pet Life Radio. Once again, this is Tom, and we are talking about everything that has to do with your cats today. But I did have a little trivia question before we get started. And since we're talking about uh, Balinese cats and Javanese cats today, I asked you, where in the world is Bali? Well, Bali is an Indonesian island, and it is the westernmost of the Lesser Sunda Islands. And it's located right between Java, which is to the west, one of the larger islands, and Lombok to the east. And the reason that I bring this up today is I've actually, I find this very fascinating. I'm uh, Some of you who have listened to me talk before know that I really enjoy, of course, genetics and evolution and, and a lot of different sciences, but also geology and, and some of the history of the earth is one of my passions too. And if you happen to have the application Google Earth, you definitely need to pull it up and, and look at Bali and look at it from a higher elevation. Look at the Indonesian islands because you can actually see what's known as Wallace's line that goes right between Bali and Lombok. Lombok would be to the east, Bali to the west. And that line is where they draw the differentiation between species that are Asian in origin and species that belong to the Australian type fauna. And the theory is there's a big drop off there. And the theory, of course, is that a lot of animals couldn't make the, the swim. The currents were too rough. There was too much um, seawater in the way, those kind of things. But there's definitely a species barrier right there at Bali in the Indonesian islands. Well, that really doesn't have to do much with our cats today other than how they were named. And we're going to first start talking about the Balinese cats today. And the Balinese is actually a natural occurring cat, and this is probably due to a spontaneous long-haired mutation in Siamese. Now, let's go back and think about this for a second. We know that long-haireddness in cats is simply a single recessive gene mutation. So certainly it is very feasible that running around in the ancient forests of Thailand, or Siam as it was known, there are probably some long-haired cats running around with pointed markings. And certainly that was the case. And there's actually a long-haired Siamese registered by the CFA way back in 1928, so more than 80 years ago. But nobody really did anything about that. Nobody really paid attention to these long-haired cats until after the 1940s when Helen Smith of Mary Muse Cattery and Marion Dorsey of Ray Mar Cattery. Helen was from New York and Marion was from California or vice versa. I don't re really recall. But they found long-haired kittens in their litters and they decided, you know what? This is a really good thing. We think we should, you know, build a new breed and really start promoting this. So these guys, these ladies actually got started and really looked at how can we promote and how can we build a solid genetic base of these long-haired Siamese cats. Helen eventually sold her cattery to Sylvia Holland of Holland Farms. And if you have a Balinese cat, and it is a CFA registered cat or really any registry, if you go back far enough in the pedigree, you will find Holland Farms in the pedigree somewhere. Almost, I think 98% of Balinese cats have Holland Farms in their background. And these three ladies did such a good job that by 1970, 
the Balinese was accepted for championship status by the CFA. So everything was going along really well, of course, but you know, people like to tinker with things. And some breeders, some Balinese breeders, started thinking, gosh, what if we started looking for other colors? Now remember, our Siamese are generally only shown, especially in CFA here in North America, Siamese are generally only shown in seal point, chocolate point, blue point, and lilac point. And the same thing is very true for the Balinese. Well, some breeders didn't want to accept that, and so they wanted to start looking at other point colors, things like red creams and torty points. And, you know, there was probably some of these already appearing in early, early litters of color point uh, short hairs because the long hair genes there, and certainly they used a lot of domestic short hairs when they were developing the color point breed. But Balinese breeders actually started looking for these reds and these cream colors so that they could start developing different point colors away from the normal or traditional Balinese points. And so these breeders started working on that, and these cats were accepted, the Javanese, for championship status by the CFA in 1986. And there's still a lot of politics going on, even though these guys have been around for more than 20 years now. There's still a lot of uh, little jibs and jabs back and forth, some little wordplay. If you read the articles about Javanese on the CFA website, it's very apparent that, that they're poking a little bit of fun at their Balinese cousins. Now, with these cats, the physical appearance, the only difference between these cats and Siamese cats is simply the coat length. The Javanese and the Balinese have a single coat that only needs light brushing. It does not have a double coat like your Persian, so you're not going to be dealing with a lot of mats and everything like that. And again, Balinese are only recognized in seal, chocolate blue, and lilac points, where the Javanese are recognized in lynx points, torty points, and a red cream point. Much like Siamese, these guys have wonderful personalities. They are very involved with their people, very, very active cats. And again, like Siamese, they are reasonably healthy cats. Biggest problem that you're probably going to run into is problems with teeth and gingivitis. So definitely make sure that your veterinarian is aware of the cat and that you check those teeth out at least twice a year during your normal physical exam. All right, so that's the Balinese and Javanese, and we're going to move on to the Orientals. Now, Again, if we go back into history and we think about the Siamese cats, certainly these pointed cats that were so precious to the Siamese people, to the Thai people, I guess now, were not the only cats running around in Thailand. And these Oriental cats also have a foundation in the Siamese breed. And what these Orientals are, are Siamese cats without points. So they're a solid color, and actually they can be uh, bi-colored and, and tabby-colored, tabby-patterned. Um, just like Siamese, looking like Siamese, same type of body structure, but they don't have the points to them. And their beginnings also began in the 1920s when the Siamese Cat Club of Britain decided, hey, we're not going to allow Siamese cats without blue eyes. And even though self-colored cats with a Siamese type of body without blue eyes kind of disappeared for a little while, there were some programs in the early 1960s that got started, and a British breeder and a geneticist started looking at a 10-year program, and what they wanted to do was create a true breeding, blue-eyed, white cat that looked like a Siamese. Interestingly enough, they did succeed. They did not have any deafness problems like we talked about last time with our Turkish cats, 
but they did see a lot of solid colored cats in the litters of kittens as they were trying to produce this cat. And so now there are actually more than 300 different colors and patterns in the oriental breed. So again, these are just like Siamese. They don't have the points. And as of 1995, the CFA also has recognized long-haired orientals in addition to the short-haired orientals. The original orientals were accepted for CFA championship status back in 1977, just to let you know. These guys are very playful cats, very energetic, and one breeder mentioned to me that in your busiest moments, orientals will always find a way to interrupt your activities. And I just thought that was the best quote because it's probably true for a lot of Siamese cats or Siamese type of cats as well. But it, uh, she seems to think that that holds true very specially for the Oriental cats. Again, very healthy cat. Watch for any gingivitis and teeth problems. And it should also be mentioned here that some Siamese lines have had problems with heart problems as far as hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And we've talked about that before. So definitely, this is a good reason that you want to get your cat into the veterinarian at least twice a year, especially if you suspect that your cat has some sort of Siamese or Oriental background, or if you're certain that you've purchased a purebred Siamese or Oriental cat, you definitely want to get the heart listened to at least every six months. Now finally today, as far as our breeds go, we're going to talk about color point short hairs. And these guys have been described as first cousins to the Siamese. And again, we go back to where we have those four traditional Siamese colors and we just don't like to leave well enough alone. We humans like to tinker with things. And there was a movement for these non-traditional colors that started beginning in around the 1940s here in North America. These breeders started taking their Siamese and crossing them with Abyssinians and American Shorthairs, mainly to get that red gene fixed into their population. They were able to do that. They bred back to the Siamese to get the body type. And then as, as of 1964, color point Shorthairs were actually recognized by the CFA. Now, you can have, and this gets a little confusing, you can have a seal point Siamese, or actually I guess I should say you can have a seal point color point short hair, even though it really looks like a seal point Siamese, but if there are any other non-standard colors in the pedigree of the cat in question back eight generations, then it has to be shown as a color point short hair and not a Siamese. A little confusing, but uh, that's the way the cat shows go. And interestingly enough too, color point is a word only used here in North America. If you go over to Britain, color point refers to Himalayans. So again, it gets very confusing. Keeping all the eight different registries and all the different names straight is a little bit of a job. And some of the people at uh, the CFA have done a good job in setting up their website. Some of the other websites are great. And don't forget about the one that I keep mentioning to you, the Messy Beast Cat Resource. You'll love this resource because she goes into so many different mutations and, and why things happened. And she's got about 300 different cat breeds listed at her site. There are so many that are occurring all the time anymore. All right. And color point short hairs also come in 16 different point variations, mainly the lynx point, the red cream, and the torty points. These guys are short haired. They are not long haired and require very little grooming. If they were long haired, they'd be known as Javanese. Back to the top of the page. 
One breeder told me as far as personality, these guys are even more people-oriented than their Siamese cousins. Expect them to give 200% or expect the owner to give 200% to their cat because certainly the color point will give 200% to you, is what one breeder told me. Very healthy cat, no problems other than potentially teeth problems. Well, so we kind of flew through those four breeds, but again, those are all related to the Siamese. Some of them fairly recent in their development, um, but we do know that they all go back to that ancient cradle of catdom, if you want to call Thailand, and, and the Siamese has figured very, very much in the development of all of these breeds. Well, let's take a little short break so I can get a drink of water and you can hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll have some news from the Veterinary News Network, and we'll be right back after this message. Ooh, do I hear a can being opened? I believe I smell tuna! Catitude will return after these messages. That should give me enough time to investigate what's going on in the kitchen. Don't have a hissy fit. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. How dare they open a can of tuna and make a sandwich out of it? I can see why some of my celebrity pals prefer lasagna. Well, anyway, I did manage to grab myself the canary while I was in there. Quiet, bird. We're going to hear the rest of my show, Catitude. If you behave, I may not eat you. Until later. Okay, Tom, you may continue. And we are back. Thank you very much for staying tuned. And thanks a lot for listening to the show. You know, I do appreciate all the emails and I appreciate everybody who's downloading all these podcasts. It can be a little challenging sometimes to keep the energy going and talk about all these different breeds of cats, especially the newer ones where we just don't know a lot about them yet. But I do appreciate you guys hanging in with me and we're going to talk about your favorite breed at some point in time and we're going to talk about the questions that you have and i have some exciting news for you too that i'm going to give you in about 10 minutes here about a great new website where you can get wonderful pet health information from the true pet experts the veterinarians have you seen this story about the world's ugliest cat if you go to wbztv.com and that's wbettyzebratv.com and look at search through you can find the world's ugliest cat with the video and i saw this guy and his name is uggs ugly bat boy is his full name and he's eight years old and at first glance if you could just see his head you would say oh well tom that's just a sphinx you've talked about them i know what they look like but he has this mane around him of long 
Rex type hair. So kind of like a um kind of like the Laperms that we talked about a few times ago, a few shows ago. So you imagine the Sphinx head, the Laperm ruff, and then no hair on the rest of his body. <laughs> They've got video of this cat, and they've got clients standing there. This cat actually belongs to a veterinary hospital in New Hampshire. And the clients are standing in the waiting room, and the one just looks at the cat and goes, Oh, what the heck is that thing? Ugly, ugly. But he evidently is a very sweet cat. He greets all the people that come into the hospital. And uh, the veterinarian, uh, Dr. Stephen Bassett, said that one time, Uggs escaped and kind of frightened some of the neighbors. And looking at his picture, I can certainly understand that. So anyway, check this out at wbztv.com. Look for the world's ugliest cat. And of course, at any time, email me at tom at petliferadio.com if you have a question or you need me to go ahead and give you the actual website. I'd be happy to do that. All right. Well, what did we hear from the Veterinary News Network this week? I tell you, one thing that we don't think enough of, I think both for humans and for pets, is what happens when an animal needs blood. You know, we've got blood banks, and you hear the commercials all the time about giving blood, and they've got a very, very poignant one right now where a person calls the emergency clinic and says, my son just got in an accident, he's losing a lot of blood, can I come to the hospital, where are you located? And they say, oh, sir, you know, that does sound serious, but I'm sorry, we just gave away our last pint of blood. And, of course, they want you to donate. Well, what about our pets? You know, is there a blood bank for pets? And you know what? There are. There are several of them across the United States, including the Animal Blood Bank in California. Um, and they've got several subsidiaries all across the United States. But let's think about this for just a second, because we go back, you know, veterinarians are very independent people. And we'll go back a little bit in time when there weren't animal blood banks. What happened if your cat did need a transfusion? Well, the veterinarian went and got his cat, drew the blood from his cat, and then injected it in your cat. And most of the time, you know what? That worked pretty well. But as we know more about feline blood types, and of course canine blood types too, a lot of this applies to our dog friends as well, we now know that there can be some pretty serious transfusion reactions if you don't get the right blood type. So what kind of feline blood groups do we have? Well, we know that humans have things like A, B, and O. Well, cats are very similar. There is an AB system that has been identified in cats with three blood types. You have type A, type B, and type AB. You don't want to give the wrong type to the other cat. In other words, if you have a type A cat who needs blood, you really don't want to give him type B blood because there's going to be a transfusion reaction. In fact, if you give a type B cat type A blood, you will almost always see the death of that cat after that happens. There's such a strong transfusion reaction. Now, this is because that cats have naturally occurring antibodies called allo antibodies, which basically fight the opposite blood type. So type A cats have anti-B allo antibodies floating around in their bloodstream, and type B cats have anti-A allo antibodies floating around in their bloodstream. And these type A, anti-type A allo bodies are so, so strong that a type B cat literally can die within just a couple hours if they receive type A blood. Now, 
Interestingly enough, the type AB cats, which are very, very rare, can safely receive blood from either cat, type A or type B, because they don't have these naturally occurring alloantibodies. Now, you might be talking to yourself and saying, well, you know, I'm not too worried about this. Um, why would my cat ever need a blood transfusion? Well, certainly most of us are going to keep our cats inside and they're not going to get out and get hit by a car or anything like that. But certain anemias do occur. You can get, you know, serious anemias if you've got a real severe flea infestation. There are infectious anemias that can be spread by fleas and they can destroy the red blood cells. And certainly there are things like hemolytic anemias that you get a basically a problem in the immune system where the body starts destroying its own red blood cells and your cat may need a transfusion for that. If you have one of the breeds that we just talked about um, and a Siamese type cat, if you have a Siamese related breed, you can almost 99.999% of the time believe that it is a type A cat. There are very, very few, very rare, in fact, I've only heard of potentially one documented case of a type B Siamese cat. And that's this goes for your Burmese, your Tonkinese, the Balinese that we just talked about, the Orientals, the Colorpoint Shorthairs, and Russian Blues. Now, Maine Coons, the Norwegian Forest Cats, and most of our domestic kitties out there, like our friend Nancy talked about earlier, are going to be 90 to 99% type A, just a little bit of type B frequency. And as we go up here, if you have Himalayans and Persians, Scottish Fold Cats, or the Sphinx Cats that I just mentioned, you're going to probably see somewhere up between 80 and 90% type A, but now we're starting to get into a serious frequency at, you know, almost 20% could be type B. So this is really where we want to start looking at the blood types of our cats. Cats like British Shorthairs, Exotics, Cornish, and Devon Rexes, all of these cats coming from the British Isles, could be as high as 45% type B frequency in the population. So that means almost half of these cats might have type B blood and you certainly don't want to be putting type A blood into that cat if it needs a transfusion. Now what about that rare type AB? There are a very few, 1-2% to of domestic shorthairs are type AB. Scottish Folds, uh, Burmans, Somalis, Bengals, and a few Abyssinians can also show up as type AB, but again these cats are very, very rare. So what you should see if your cat would ever need a blood transfusion is that your veterinarian check the blood type of your cat and then also check the type of the donor cat. And again, if you go to an animal blood bank, the veterinarian can pick out the type of blood that he wants. But it's also very important that to then do a cross match. And this is where we hear the term on ER and all the other medical shows, we need a type and cross match immediately. Cross match means that you take the red blood cells of the recipient cat and the plasma of the donor cat and you mix them together. And if you get any kind of reaction, if you get clumping, which is known as agglutination, then you don't want to use that donor as blood for your cat because there's going to be a reaction. So again, type in a cross match. And to some people, this seems like, wow, that's a lot of extra work. Can't you just go ahead and don't first-time transfusions always go okay? In general, a lot of first-time transfusions do go okay. But again, if you've got that type B cat and he gets type A blood, it is life-threatening, and it's life-threatening very, very quickly. 
So there's just a little bit of information for you about feline blood types and blood groups. And that came, of course, from our friends at the Veterinary News Network. Now, I promised you that I would tell you a little bit about a brand new site that I'm very, very excited about. This site is called PetDocsOnCall.com. PetDocsOnCall.com. PetDocs is going to be a premier website where you can find all the different information that you need about any of your pets, whether they're dogs, cats, lizards, fish, horses, birds. We go into all of these pets. And it's a website and a community for people who really love their pets. You can share stories, you can share your pictures, you can share videos, and learn from the people who are there with you, the community. It's a community discussion forum. But the thing that makes us different from every other pet community on the web is we have the veterinarians at the Veterinary News Network who are available to answer your questions. Now, this is not like a chat room. You can't just type something in and get an answer immediately. It's a typical forum. So if you post a question in the Ask a Vet section, one of our veterinarians will get on and respond to you. Actually, several of our veterinarians may get on and respond. We are still working on finalizing everything about the site, but the site is live. You can go, you can visit the pet library, find some articles, see some great videos, and you can register and start discussing in the forums. You can, again, post pictures of your pet. Tell us why you think you know your breed is better than another breed or why your cat is prettier than another cat. And we've had some great conversations already going on. A nice uh, kind of intense conversation about Iditarod. The Iditarod's running right now, and that's uh, you know the, for sled dog enthusiasts. Some people think that that's not something that should be done, that it's cruel to the dogs. We had a discussion about chicken bones. You know, can you give raw chicken bones to your pet, especially things like chicken necks and are they safe? And we had about eight of our veterinarians come on and the, pretty much the consensus was no, 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 all the way down the line, no. So please stop by PetDocsOnCall.com. I think you'll really enjoy it. And as always, check back here at PetLifeRadio.com for the new shows that are coming up. Visit all of the channels here, including Dr. Bernadine Cruz, who is our pet doctor on Pet Life Radio. If you have a question, email at us, tom at PetLifeRadio.com. I'd be happy to answer your question. Do remember that I am not a veterinarian, so I cannot answer medical questions, but I will do my best to find some answers for you between the Veterinary News Network and, like I said, our own Dr. Bernadine Cruz. So for now, take care of those kitties, rub those tummies, and we will see you next time here on the Catitude Channel. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Редактор